Hi Saptaparni this is me Nadia from Zen Onco and Love Heals Cancer we guide cancer patients in adopting an integrative oncology treatment approach we help them find the balance between mainstream treatment and complementary treatment approaches we help patients with our team of oncologists experts nutritionists lab experts and other healthcare professionals who can provide the best treatment outcome for the patient correct that is our game that is our goal right Yeah so we also help in connecting ca- uh, patients with other cancer warriors like your father in this case yes. and uh, through that they'll be able to get that motivation that kind of inspiration which we as people who haven't gone through that experience cannot always give correct sure. so we want to share your inspirational story on t- and today we have with you i mean we have you with us so um it's going to be i can't wait to hear your story myself so i can imagine people out there who are waiting to listen to what you have to say to us today please go forth and tell your story the world is listening right thanks nadia firstly i'd like to thank you for this opportunity to let me come on your platform and speak it means a lot to me and i have been following zenonco and love heals cancer for quite some time now i connected with dimple also so i think you guys dimple and the team are doing a stupendous job of it helping people cruise through this journey you know because cancer is all about a Uh, inti- it should be an integrative approach like what you guys are doing integrative oncology and it should be a holistic approach because it's not just about the body it's about the mind it's about the spirit as well and it is also not only related to the patient but it's also about the caregivers because they also go through that same process it's the same trauma for them as well so that also needs healing so i'm like really happy and i should i think you guys should be like given applause for all the work that you have put in because whenever i go to your website i see like there are a lot of healing stories then there are there is a lot of information there you guys help people connect with other even medical professionals people who can afford it people who cannot really have the means to do it so you guys do all of that so it's really helpful and it helps you to know where to begin on the journey because sometimes when we get to find out about it we are like really confused what to do yeah. so you have all that information on both the websites so i sometimes do follow and specifically your healing circles i would say that is a great program wow thank you so much thank you so much for that it, it really means a lot to us that you are taking the time out and doing this with us also i have to say this thank you so of much course, for being people here people would obviously want to help out other people as well in this so yeah my journey started at say my father was diagnosed in uh, may 2016 what happened was i was in uh, hyderabad at that point of time and uh, he started developing a pain near his collarbone okay so my mom told me over phone and then um, i spoke to my dad he attributed that pain to heavy luggage lifting because you know nobody would assume that it's something like that right so he attributed it to heavy lifting of luggage and maybe he developed a pain near his collarbone then in two days or so another pain started cropping up in his throat okay so there was initially just pain there so i got to know and then i came back from hyderabad so by then here one lump had developed so that was the beginning of that thing 
cancer. We didn't know it yet. So I did consult with some people as to what to do. So we have a relative who is a doctor. We asked him, like, my dad is developing some lumps. His first suggestion was obviously we should go to a surgeon. Because, you know, they would be more, like, more well-placed yeah, to tell us what is going on. But my dad was very scared. I mean, surgery freaked him out completely he has never gone any sort of surgery or any like even he did not have any stitches ever in life so he was very scared of that we didn't expect cancer but whatever it was we were a little scared by then like it had only been uh, eight or nine days but the lumps were like starting to swell up okay so now uh, my dad by himself got a thyroid test done because he was Googling what could be the reason of, like we go to Google for everything. So he was Googling what could be the reason of the lumps. And uh, he saw that it could be probably thyroid glands have swollen up or something. He probably wanted to believe that more than anything else. So we went to a family doctor. He went to a family doctor with his reports. Now, obviously, doctors would be able to, like, they form some assumption on what could be going on, right? Right. So that person immediately suggested that we needed to go to a surgeon right away. Like there could be no delay. He wouldn't even take tomorrow or the day after for an answer. He called the surgeon up, one of his friends or colleagues, and he set the appointment right then and there and told us that we have to just go and meet him. So he didn't really tell us what was going on, but from his, uh, from his way of handling it, we got a feeling that it could be something serious. Otherwise, why would somebody send you to a surgeon right away, right? So we went to that surgeon and uh, yeah, his first, uh, like his first diagnosis was, uh, his assumption was, I'd rather say, because without a biopsy, you shouldn't really be diagnosing it. So he told us it could either be lymphoma or tuberculosis, okay? And I must tell you, we were like shocked out of our wits to say so. So we didn't really know what to do. We didn't really want to believe it. Obviously, my father and I went, so he was very scared. We, I mean, I can't even explain that feeling. I can imagine. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we obviously, as usual, we Googled up on both tuberculosis and lymphoma, all sorts of it, Hodgkin's, non-Hodgkin's, whatever was on Google, we read everything up. Till then, we were still hoping against hope that it was not something like that. So obviously, in such cases, you just don't stick to one opinion. You tend to take a second opinion or even third opinions if that helps. So we went to another doctor, another surgeon, and he's a very well-known and renowned surgeon in Kolkata. So we went to him and he was of the same opinion that it is probably lymphoma. Now, the thing was, uh, in this regard, I'd like to mention one thing. It's very important that you go to a medical professional who actually empathizes with you. Because in our second surgeon's case, it was like he gave it to us very much on our face and all. So it kind of, like, what to say, it did demotivate us a little. So my mom instantly started crying in his chamber then and there. My dad went into, I'd say, a phase of depression completely. Since that day, he like stopped speaking to everyone. We just came home. He locked himself up. And it was like a trauma for all of us. We didn't know what to do. 
so um, then we contacted another doctor like we know that person he is a distant relative of my mom's so he is an ent surgeon so my dad was very scared even to like two surgeons had already given their opinion that a biopsy needs to be done to confirm what it is what kind of uh, lymphoma if it's lymphoma it is so we consulted another ent surgeon who happened to be our relative he finally like that same day the next day basically he asked us to visit him at his place in kolkata which is on the other side of kolkata so we went there he sat us down he spoke to my dad at length and said even if it's lymphoma we don't know yet even if it's that we can handle it so yeah. there's nothing to be scared right now without knowing we don't need to jump to conclusions right away right so he convinced my dad for the biopsy he said the throat part because he was an ent surgeon so he said he can uh, get this one out the lump here out to check whether it was i mean for the biopsy so before that since my dad was so skeptic about a surgery altogether he also said just for my dad's like peace of mind he said we could go for an fnsc which is basically needle biopsy but he also said it doesn't really give conclusive results all the time so we'd have to go for a surgery later so that's how we did an fnsc that also gave a bit of conclusive results that it was a kind of lymphoma we didn't know what sort so then he did the surgery himself the doctor yeah. and uh, yeah it was confirmed that it was follicular lymphoma grade 3a and uh, okay that's how we found out so i must tell you it was a shattering experience for me my mother and my father we were like even for all our relatives as well so that's how you we expect you wouldn't expect such a thing to be yes yes, yes. and exactly and his lifestyle has always been like really good he exercises he's he never smoked he has never even tasted a cigarette it's like that so he had never uh, like done any thing that could possibly lead to that so we didn't really know what it was why it happened but it just happened out of the blue so that was a very shocking shattering uh, what to say 15 20 days of uh, experience that we got but then what happens is you need to make some decisions about it so we found out that it was lymphoma right and we found out at what stage it was what it was now this person who did the surgery the doctor who conducted the surgery he referred us to his uh, friends in the same hospital it's a good hospital in kolkata so um, we went to a radiologist who was the head of the oncology department i think there so he sat us down for about one and a half hours he addressed all our queries and uh, after it was like it came in the reports we did like i said we go to google for everything right we did a lot of googling we found out the worst of things naturally and i wish i had known back then about websites that could help me with correct information but i did not so anyhow we went on google we searched a lot of things my dad did the same thing i did the same thing but it i mean it demotivated us and demotivated us even further more 
like not just the demotivation confuses you also right it confuses us and we didn't know so we went to this uh, doctor who was a radiologist he sat us down he was very patient with us i mean probably that is what we needed at that point someone with a lot of patience and someone explaining all our options to us what could be and what could not be done what sort of a cancer it was because the word cancer has a lot of stigma attached to it you hear it and you don't know what to do what to say it's like your whole world the sky crashes on your head so he told us like uh, it's a slow progressive disease like his one was particularly slowly progressing not very fast and even if it became fast you'd get enough time to take some measures against that so also he told us our options like surgery since it's a type of a uh, blood cancer right lymphoma so he told us that uh, radiation it was not localized anymore he had started developing in his armpits as well those lymph nodes were starting to grow so he told us that we cannot just uh, go with radiation in so many places it was not advisable we went for a pet city after that we couldn't even go for surgery because too many lymph nodes were starting up so that's how we got to know about it and then we were referred to another doctor by him who is a specialist hematologist so we started going to him and uh, he explained furthermore what is to be done what are the treatments but one thing i really find good in them was they explained everything to us they even like encouraged us to ask questions about it they gave us a lot of time one and half hours two hours whatever it took to answer all our queries so that was very helpful in our case wow that that's amazing yeah yes so yeah that's uh, how we got to know and after knowing so the doctor told us that we should go for a wait and watch uh thing we could start with a chemotherapy right away but he said we could also wait and see because in these cases it's okay to wait for this sort of a lymphoma yeah so um, we i mean my dad was very scared of chemotherapy because uh 3 years prior to that we uh, his he lost his best friend to pancreatic cancer and um, th- that was in its last stage but back then like uh, his friend my uncle he couldn't uh, take the side effects of the chemotherapy okay so it was like really difficult for him and uh, i mean he got a very shorter time to adjust to that yeah so my dad was even more scared of the chemotherapy so he obviously opted for that wait and watch thing now we were supposed to visit the doctor every 3 months yes and uh, with blood tests being done and everything so mm-hmm. uh, i was uh, i was about to go to south africa for a thing in may when it was diagnosed first but that was put on hold i could not travel because of obviously you cannot leave this and go anywhere yeah so um, in august the doctor told me that i cannot really stay and help in any way because they are going to wait and watch and this is going to be our new way of life mm-hmm. so it's okay if i go there's no issues and like uh, the previous doctor said he also said that we'll get enough time or uh, enough warning signs to know when it is time for a chemotherapy like when it has to be done we'll get to know that mm. before and because it was a slowly progressing disease so i went to cape town i was not here my parents were here now the thing is my dad was so scared about ever having to go through chemotherapy what he did was he found out from someone 
who knew someone else about some um, herbal treatment okay okay so nice. that was an alternative approach that he started taking without like telling anybody without consulting with anybody and uh, i would say that was a very wrong approach because he didn't know the entire story of that person he didn't hear it from that person he heard it from like a chain of sources okay, okay. so and out of his anxiety he would have just okay yeah he was like okay it's better to just go he didn't really have any issues he was asymptomatic except for the lumps forming up mm-hmm. other than that he was asymptomatic but out of his anxiety really he wanted to try that out so what he did was he started doing that and uh, there was this lady treating him who basically uh, put him in a very rigorous uh, diet which was like he couldn't eat fruits he couldn't eat i mean he couldn't eat most things not yeah. milk not this not that lots of things like uh, packaged food nothing so yeah. that was a kind of treatment she was giving him some herbal medicines this uh, started in december 2016 and he was diagnosed in may 2016 so this continued till january now in january his lumps started even swelling up more okay uh he also was continuing to go every 3 months to our uh, doctor the oncologist the hematologist so when this time in january he visited the oncologist the oncologist told him that it's time for us to start with the chemotherapy now because the lumps were starting to grow and they were growing quite fast and quite visibly but my dad thought that he is not going to undergo chemo at all because he had that uh, at the back of his mind that his best friend couldn't take it and probably he also won't be able yeah. so he was that scared that he decided not to tell us like what is going on with him he just thought that he would keep on going to this lady for that treatment alternative treatment and uh, so then i came back in february and he went to the airport i was actually shocked to see his this hand had swollen up like this this much it was and it had completely if you touched it you'd feel like it had turned into stone almost okay so his shirt like uh, he was really loose shirts it was like all sticking there barely able to contain his hands that was his situation okay. then so my mom was really scared too so she couldn't really force him to go for that chemotherapy i tried to reason with him for 2 3 days and i could also see that he couldn't he wasn't able to sit for more than like 15 20 minutes at a stretch something was going on with his uh, spinal cord area he couldn't really sit this hands um, the lump in the armpit had swollen up and the lump in the collarbone had also swollen up so his neck had grown this big and uh, it was basically i don't know what was going to happen to his arm i was really concerned i mean it had swollen up this much it was absurd and then uh, like two three days while i came back and i was here he couldn't even wear a shirt on this hand because the shirt just didn't go in it had yeah. swollen up to that level so yeah i went with him to this lady one day because he was so against that chemotherapy i cannot tell you even and uh, some doctors that we know also said that you need to be able to accept that therapy as well right so i went to this lady but there i found out after speaking to her that she doesn't even know what his issue is she said it was throat cancer 
So I was a little surprised with that entire process. And I had to argue with my dad to make him understand that this is not the correct treatment for him. And he needs to undergo that chemotherapy. There's no other option for that since his doctor is saying. Uh, we did have some arguments and disagreements about this because he was strictly against it. But finally, we were able to convince him. But by the time we convinced him that night, like I was supposed to take him to a hospital. But uh, in the night only, like he was in so much pain. He was screaming throughout the night. Like he couldn't even sit properly. It had swollen up so much, those uh, tumors. So finally, what happened was we had to call in an ambulance and take him to the hospital early in the morning. We just called his doctor in the middle of the night and he was very supportive about it. He wow. said he'll arrive just early morning. We can take him to the hospital. He'll call them and make the arrangements. Okay. So we did take him. They had to get like two, three Doppler uh, tests done on his hand just to know whether they would have to ampute the hand or not. It went to such a bad condition. Correct. Because some vein was blocked, I think. His hand's blood circulation was off. Okay. That's, I mean, in layman terms, uh, yes. they were considering like whether to ampute his arm or not. And probably like uh, circulation to his brain would also have stopped in two, three days had he not, had we not like taken him right then and there. So after that, the chemotherapy started. He really didn't have a choice but to go with it then. So it started and then after the first cycle, I mean, the cycle itself was very difficult because you see a lot of side effects during the cycle and after the cycle as well. But uh, those lumps, like those tumors started reducing immediately after the cycle. Like after three days, we saw like they had reduced a little. The hand was still swollen. It was swollen for two months even after then. But they had started reducing. So we went on a treatment of R-CHOP, which is with rituximab, I think. That's the like standard treatment for lymphoma, follicular lymphoma. So he went for the treatment. It continued for three and a half months, all those cycles. Uh, there were six cycles of them. So it was a difficult process for us as well, for me, my mother. We received a lot of support from my friends, from my colleagues at office even, and of course from our relatives. Mostly people were with us in the hospital throughout the day. I had to stay back in the hospital during all those cycles and I sent my mom home. That's amazing. So, <laughs> but it was, a, I mean, the doctors were very supportive. And the medical team, like the nurses, beat anybody in the hospital. They were all very uh, helpful with it, with the entire process. And what okay. I understood is you have to be very patient. Like my dad, who never, ever gets irritated, he sometimes, uh, I would say that was like, uh, he was into depression also a little before and after that, because the process really takes a toll on your, like the mind also. Right. It takes a toll on the mind and the body in a very exactly. different way. Like yeah. each person has their own experience to say yes, please. Yes. So he got a little like, uh, he was a little irritable at times. So you have to be very patient with him. He was feeling nauseated most of the time. He couldn't really eat everything. Um, also, some things were uh, like the doctor suggested not to eat. So we had to cook everything properly for mm -hmm. him to eat and all that. So those are like after effects of chemo, you have to be on a strict diet and everything. 
so those things we had to maintain a lot and this covid thing that has been going on for the past few months we had a similar experience back then because of uh, you know there are chances of infection so you need to like he needs to wear a mask all the time we whoever came to our home had to sanitize their hands and all that so it was like a all process Yes, it was like a process we were following back then also. So he couldn't also go out of home because uh, on the roads also you'd have a lot of risk of infection. So the doctor told us that once the cycle is over and probably a month of healing after that, then he could start going back to his normal life, but not right now. So that was it. His uh, ther- during therapy also he had many uh, like heat flashes or something like that. Nausea was like all the time happening, but it was okay. I mean, we somehow surfed through the entire thing, and then finally when it got over, there were some like major not major side effects, some very minor side effects like uh, chemo does something to your veins when it's intravenous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, those veins were hardened on his hands, and some side of it. Obviously, the hair falling out would be there. So those things were there, but in like six, seven months' time after the chemo cycles, he started recovering. And now I'd say like nobody would know that he ever had that uh, thing. So that's how it went. So it took us about like one and a half years to get out of that entire uh, phase process and for him to recover. So right now he is in remission, and uh, Touchwood he is doing quite well for now. So wow, this is so amazing. As I'm listening to it, I'm picturing everything happen. Like you guys have been such a good family support for him, yes, and look at him. Like y'all have sailed through it. through a lot of ups and downs yes yes True. every day small goals right yes exactly that's that's basically how it works and you can never basically break down from it that is the key takeaway that i have gotten that you will have to bounce back and there's no way like it's your i mean it's the closest person to you right so you just cannot give up at any cost you'll have to keep on fighting you'll have to do whatever it takes to just get him better and you'll have to be self motivated throughout the process because uh, without like being in the situation nobody will really be able to understand i mean everybody was trying to help out in their own ways and everything people did but still unless you're really in that situation you would not be able to understand how it feels but i'd say okay we sailed through fine and that's the lesson that i have learned that i just cannot lose hope ever for anything and i'd say that's a life lesson basically it helps professionally it helps personally you have to be ever optimistic i mean your spirit is just so vibrant and it's so like you yeah, bring it on <laughs> i'm ready to do anything what, right now that's what it's like uh, you know someone once told me actually he was also a patient right there and um, he had some sort of a bone cancer i think and he couldn't even walk so he had been in the hospital for 3 months so i was speaking to a lot many of the patients there just to like know and connect with them because i really felt for them what their families might be going through and everything because you have one on one experience yes, yes. yes so he was the one who told uh, me and my dad that it's like uh, see anything worse than this cannot happen to us so it's like the worst is already happening you cannot see anything worse than this 
so whatever will come next has to be better than this right so at one point we also were about to literally lose him had we been like 2 3 days late for the chemo the doctors even said we would have lost him so it's like i have seen the worst side of it and there can be nothing worse than that so whatever comes you'll have to just take it and okay we'll cruise through somehow amazing cruise through somehow wow i mean i have no words right now because it's just so um, number one it's inspiring it's inspiring as the, as his daughter how much you would have gone through to see your dad in such a situation i mean um, when things started you you don't have things in your control right that's what yeah so you have to another thing is you have to really make decisions at that point generally it's like your dad taking care of you since exactly. you were a child exactly and exactly. then you are the one who is making all the decisions in the family because at some point some people were suggesting us to go to mumbai you know for uh, tata medical there so but uh, then i was told by one of my friends that uh, his dad had a different surgery but he told me that if you really trust the doctors here also you can stay here because here at least you'll have the family and friends support there i didn't really know anybody at that point in time so if you can really bank on your doctors if you really like know that or believe in them that they can really help you with so much of medical progress medicinal sciences are making so much of progress if you can really believe and trust in them then it's okay then it's okay to put that faith in them and just wait for it to unwind somehow yeah unwind wow i mean that's you all had to go through a dungeon if you ask me and True. then finally you all had to see the light true it's it all was a long process think, yeah, but you yeah. did see the light yes 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 that is beautiful that is brilliant like you'll had to literally dig through to finally see the light wow yes wow. and even for my dad it's like right now when we go to this uh, doctor for uh, his checkup so we go every 6 months now hmm. okay so he did suggest a main- maintenance chemotherapy once every 3 months but my dad some liver uh, functions are not uh, like doing so well so that's why he did not continue with that so we are again in the wait and watch process and he is in remission right now so now when we go to the hospitals you would see my dad motivating other people like who are recently diagnosed and generally like patients talk right while we are in the waiting lounge or something so people talk to each other like how many days you are visiting this doctor they want to know about the doctor as well so now you will hear my dad recommending that it's fine even if you have to take chemo it's fine you're going to be fine so he is the one who is motivating people nowadays so i can't even believe that he was scared at one point because now he has a lot of faith in it and he is like completely okay with the whole process hmm. so it's about accepting as well you have to accept that treatment that i helps. mean the tables have turned for him sure that has had to go through such a situation to see what his real power is as a human being True. if that you ask is. me yes. because we all have so much of human conviction and yes. that is what keeps this world going round if you ask me because that spirit the human spirit nothing can fight it that's if right. and that belief we need to have forever in our heads that no we will not go down without a fight 
that's true i mean whatever it is you just have to put up a fight whatever it is doesn't matter because it's your close closest person you're talking about you just can't give up without a fight so that is what i'd like to suggest to people as well that be well informed one thing is be well informed know what you are going to do and consult a number of doctors if you have any concerns doubts find out the person which works best for you the yeah. team the professional who works best for you and just don't give up without a fight because there's a lot of that stigma attached to that word cancer but it doesn't always mean that you cannot put up a fight and you cannot lead a life a good life despite that Right. So well put. So well put. Wow. I have to really applaud you as a caregiver. Oh. Really, really, because you would have seen such a bad side being his daughter and having to lead your own life as well and take things, take decisions for him, take decisions for yourself. Now what? How do we go forward? There must have been a time where you would have been at loggerheads with yourself also. Am I doing enough? Am I giving my all right that is that is how it goes but you just have to do what you have to do you can worry about the peripheral parts later but you just have to make those calls back then you cannot you do not really have another option wow if you're really a fighter like you fought for him he you pushed him to fight for himself as exactly well. yeah and um, now he is like her back to being the caretaker of the family i mean That's that will not go it's a father thing like Obviously. come on <laughs> they they let you in for some time and then then they're like okay back back <laughs> yeah also um tell us more about how his life was before cancer while the treatment happened and how it is right now so before cancer i had uh, really no idea not much idea about what it was or how difficult life can get so during the process we understood how difficult it really gets and right now like i said what i have taken away from it is that ever optimism okay so you have to really be positive all the time so i am using it professionally personally in every field you just have to be positive there can be no other way to go about it so you can never just stop for anything you'll just have to keep going and another thing is i really want to uh, right now since we are doing better so i and my dad we really feel like helping other people who have been through like who are going through such situations so he sometimes gets calls from many relatives even if it's a different sort of a diagnosis still he gets calls and he tells them where to go what to do like how many doctors two three doctors you should be consulting have faith in the treatment so that's what he does i got involved with make a wish foundation because you know it's like children going through the same process their families so you can really talk to them and help them so that's how it's working for us now amazing you all have made way for passing it forward like you all are i hope we can at least help like even if we can help one or two people that would also make a difference to us that would also help yeah because it always comes right back at you what you give is what you get it always comes sure. right back at That's you right. um tell me about what your reaction the entire family's reaction was when you all first realized that oh he's cancer free now 
that was a, i mean we it was like we hadn't breathed for months it was that same like you take a deep breath finally that it's really? like the pet city where we found out that uh, it's not there in his body any longer so that was i can't even explain that i mean he was happy after months and months he was very scared about the results before the results came out he was just wondering that even if a trace is there probably again the cycle should continue something yeah. would happen but when it was like he's all like it's not there and right now he has to go through that pet city scan every year right Mm-hmm. so even every time it comes like there's nothing so the last two years there has been nothing basically so every time it comes out like that it's like we breathe fresh it's like i can't explain it it's uh, very important yes it's a very wonderful important. feeling and you just have to trust in your doctor that's the main thing yeah the doctor is more or less the guiding source like they really really put you on the right path they know your history they know your they know how the patient has been they know everything about the patient study the patient completely and then do right, what they have to do right. Right. and they, not yeah. not only that um, talking more about from a doctor's perspective it's a team effort it's a team effort to. absolutely everybody in the medical team like everybody has a part to play because people who are even like bringing you the food it's like you interact with them they know what you need it it's that thing there because uh, generally what happens not only in my dad's case many people like go and stay in the hospitals for a length of period right when they're having their cycles unless it's of course in day care so people generally go and get admitted and stay for like 4 5 days at every sitting so you get to feel at home with them they're such nice people there they're trained so well and they're so professional and nice that it really helps you i mean mm. get well as well the environment that they create there that also helps you a lot See, that's why I was just going to ask you about your caregivers at the hospital and you said it like it was wow amazing. they were very nice very helpful very helpful people wow that okay. that is very like it's a really good thing they they are not just able to sympathize they are able to empathize empathize because they have been seeing so many patients for so many days i mean even before i said something they would like know when to put my dad's hand on a pillow when to do what they like know everything and they come and check in on like uh, like i said i was staying at the hospital with my dad only in the same like we had a room so we were staying there so they would come in in the middle of the night like three four times just to check on him whether the intravenous is going on correctly whether what is going on so they are like really alert and good about it so they are trained very well that's what i'd say and it's very helpful to have such a team wow i mean their experiences like like no other they have that much of experience that they are you know treating you experience confidence everything matters they and they have absolutely the right amount of everything wow that is i mean your dad is really lucky to have such a that's true and that the is. kind of family he has wow amazing i'm sure he did not do it on his own and like you said very rightly in the start caregivers play both at the hospital and of the family play yes. such an important role when it comes to the trauma that happened and you know how they have also taken it how it affects their mental state and here you are 
sorry to everybody likes with so much of vigor and so much of spirit and look at you smiling <laughs> through it like so beautiful but see that's what so i gain that optimism from this entire experience and i do hope that people also keep having that positive spirit right so right. even caregivers need time for healing so whenever i'd say people are going through cycles chemo cycles radiation or uh, chemotherapy whatever it is so just uh, take some time out for yourself as well i'd say this for the caregivers give yourself some time to heal because that's also important you need to do something with yourself as well because it's very taxing on them also mm-hmm. so you have to like balance it out do something that makes you happy in between the cycles whatever it takes just be like positive feel positive and be patient and supportive of the patient yeah i mean whatever rose your boat everybody has certain different yes, types of things yes. of way they cope right Right. the coping mechanisms which each person takes Absolutely. up in such a situation yeah so um also how did dad i'm just asking how did he manage both personal and life at uh, so going he to he was uh, retired by life. then he was oh. retired by then so that in a way helped but even his like office people because uh, you know he was in a government service so his uh, medical policies were somehow the first one was from the government so uh, in that case also his office people also came and visited him whenever they could like his uh, at his old office his colleagues from his service they also visited him all his friends were very supportive so we had a very supportive uh, community around us so to speak so everyone has been very nice about it everyone has been super supportive with my mom also she was mostly crying through it all so uh, mostly crying or praying you'd find her doing either one of those things so it was very taxing on her as well so our entire family dad's friends her friends my friends everybody gave her a lot of support so that helped wow it's like you'll had the right people at the right time yes we had right people at the right time absolutely amazing amazing like there's so much of gratitude in you right now when you're speaking there's so much of, there um, is i don't know how to put it forth like the, you're you're waking up only with like the way you're talking is like so much of there's so much graciousness in it how do you have to say like how have you reached this point It's so Because, much you know, in such situations, you realize that there are so many people to help you out. Otherwise, you never really know like people around you are just so nice and helpful. So everybody helped at that point. I am very grateful to the doctors. I'm very grateful just that he is okay right now. Okay, and I know that if it ever, I mean, if there's ever a progression again or something goes south, then also we'd have like a lot of support and help from people. And like I said, I have seen the worst side of it. Nothing can get worse than that. So we'll fight through that also, even. And okay, we'll let it unwind as it comes. Ah, uh, cross the bridge when you reach it. exactly i'll cross the bridge when i reach it for now we are okay so yeah that's good once you've done it once you have that confidence that oh i have been through this before now so we know now it's like our time to help anybody who needs it to cruise through their journeys so i wish we could do more of that so i'm trying that only and i hope we are able to help more people yes
I mean, through this video itself, watching you on this video itself, there are so many people, so many caregivers out there looking for inspiration. And I mean, that's kudos to these, you. These healing stories, are, um, firstly, like I said, thank you for this opportunity. But yeah, the healing stories, the healing circles that you have, I have uh, like read some of the stories. It's really very motivating. Even right now for me also, if I read through some of them, they really, I mean, boost my spirits. That people are still there who are still fighting, not giving up. And they are receiving some positive results. So that is good. Right. Amazing. Amazing. I just, I'm filled with so much of happiness. Even listening to you would say this. And it has put me also in such a good mood. And I cannot only imagine people watching this video, how much I, inspiration I really they're going to. So that people are inspired not to give up. That's all I hope. Yes. And your basic words of wisdom, could you please share with us? What are the lessons you've learned through this entire, this entire scene? Uh, okay, so my basic words of wisdom would be, you just cannot give up. Whatever it is, whatever stage it is in, whatever it is, you just can never really give up. You have to fight because you cannot. And you have to stay optimistic. Just don't let that darkness fall over you. You have to stay optimistic. You have to stay positive. For caregivers, I would say you have to be supportive and mm. very patient. And yeah, give your time, you yourself also some time for healing. Give yourself also some time for your body, for your own mind and body as well. Because you also cannot fall sick while you're taking care of somebody else, right? So give yourself that time to heal and just don't lose hope. That's what. Don't lose hope, stay optimistic and yeah, find help, find the right amount of knowledge. Don't go by any half-baked information. Do not go by that. That is very very important important because this is like uh, go for only tried and tested therapies which are there. Just don't try out anything because you're scared. There's nothing to be scared about. It's going to be fine. That's what. Wow. It is going to be fine. Yes. Yes. And as someone like your dad, who with, I mean, who is so elderly, he was retired. I think he was of the age of... uh, He was 64. When it was diagnosed, he was 64. Now he is 68. Yeah. And if someone can, I mean, battle it at that age out the way he did, I mean, yes, it is the answer. Yes, you can get to the other side. There is cancer is not something that you see and you realize that, oh, this is my world has ended. No, no. Thank you so much, Saptarni. Thank, Thank you so you. much Thank for being you, here. It <laughs> really. was very nice interacting with you. And I'm glad that I got this opportunity. I'm really happy about it. Thank you. We are, we are so pleased. It was our pleasure to have you on board with us, to have this podium where we could have this conversation and talk it out and get it out. And so many people mine listening too, to it. Too. So many people listening to it is they are going to take so much inspiration from it. On behalf of Zen Onco and Love Heals Cancer, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for being well, here. Thank today. you guys also for doing whatever you're doing. It's I I just know it's bringing a positive change in the world. It definitely is. So thank you guys as well. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. And have a good night.